When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Yes, you can. Greeny with you on ESPN Radio. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. Jam-packed on this Monday off what might have been the best and certainly at the minimum was the busiest sports weekend of the year so far. Playoff baseball here. I think by everyone's estimation, it was a success. I, I know the Met fans in our room don't feel that way this morning, and I understand it. But generally speaking, having these series, I think a lot of people wondered, will it be the same without that one game wild card and all that? And let's see what this week feels like as everyone will be off today and then everyone will start the best of fives tomorrow. But all in, I think everyone thought it was a very big success, generally speaking, the new format. Absolutely. Baseball is not a sport meant to be decided in one game sample sizes. We play series all season long. I think getting rid of the wild card game in favor of the three-game series. The three-game series is the foundation of baseball schedule. I thought it went beautifully, and that's also how teams sort of line up their stuff, right? The Mets line up their three pitchers. It didn't work in their case. I think it was perfect. We get the f- best of five, then the best of sevens. I thought it was a job well done by baseball, and it's going to be a big success moving forward. So we have talked uh, some about the baseball this morning, and I'll get back to it, but let's get to some more of the football. So what I have not yet allowed is for Nuno to wax rhapsodic about his New York Giants, and just to give everyone indication of what an extraordinary fraud Nuno is. When this season began, Nuno picked against the Giants in his survival pool, his survivor pool, in week one. He was so convinced they were going to be awful that he actually, the ultimate in disrespect, he picked the, opposite, the opposition team to his fandom in week one in a survivor pool when he has Every team available to him. And now they go to London and not since Chandler and Monica hooked up has something this surprising happened in London, England, as the Giants coming from 14 nothing down to take out Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. What do you make of it all, Nuno? Honestly, I don't know what to make of it. I had the way that game started early on and the fact that they went out there with no offensive weapons other than Saquon, they have no wide receivers and the game plan literally was just, all right, Saquon, here's the ball, figure it out. Uh, And for them, and they were down 14 early in that second quarter of like for them to fight back and win that game just shows the difference and I still am not completely buying it in. I'm buying in. I'm still not like, yes, they have the Ravens coming up, and then they have a stretch of games where they could win. But I'm just not there yet. I'm just living in the moment that I'm enjoying the fact that this team competes, unlike the last few years. This team is coached really well, unlike the last few years, and that it seems like they're building in the right direction. Look, since Tom Coughlin was there, the Giants have been trying to figure that out. Five games, I don't know if it's enough to declare definitively you have an elite NFL coach, but you can't do more than he's done so far. Look, Nick Sirianni is having an unbelievable season. Mike McCarthy is having an unbelievable season. There are others, but hands down, 
the coach of the year in the NFL right now is Brian Dayball. I don't think it's even close. No one has done more with not only less expectations, but just less. To, to, to Nuno's point, the definition of coaching is getting more out of your talent than it should be able to translate to. And there's no one who's doing that like he is. And to his point, after the game against Baltimore this week, which let's even say they lose that. I don't know that they will. Baltimore doesn't look like they're unbeatable. But let's even say they lose that. They get Jacksonville, Seattle, Houston, the Lions. They've got some winnable games coming up. So the Giants figure, now look, from 4-1, and one, you should have an entertaining season no matter what. And that's way more than any Giant fan should have been bargaining for before the season began. We thought this was a pure, total rebuild. And on some level, I think it still kind of is. But when you're 4-1, and one, it just cannot be ignored. He's doing an unbelievable job. And give credit to all of those players. Saquon's unbelievable. Jones is doing his thing. The defense rose up yesterday and just shut down Aaron after the first quarter. That's a great win. Most coaches in the NFL are good at game planning. That's why they're head coaches in the NFL. But in the four games the Giants have won this year, they've outscored their opponent 57-22 to 22 in the second half. And he has beaten some really good coaches. He beat Mike Vrabel and yesterday Matt LaFleur. I don't know what Brian Abel could have done, like you said, to, I guess, pr- uh, produce more optimism in this fan base. I mean, obviously it's super helpful that Saquon Barkley is healthy and leads the NFL in yards from scrimmage, but he's getting more out of Daniel Jones than I could have ever possibly imagined. Yeah, he is. And and I don't know that he's turning Daniel Jones into the quarterback of the future for the Giants or not. I don't know that that's the best thing that could happen to them or not. I don't know if he's going to resurrect Daniel Jones and turn him into someone who will get a legitimate second act or not. But I do know, having watched Daniel Jones' entire NFL career, that what he's doing is what good coaches are supposed to do. He is focusing on the things the guy does well and diminishing the things the guy does badly. And this shouldn't be that complicated, but not nearly enough coaches seem to do that. Orlovsky texted me this morning asking, like, how much less are they relying on the dropback game as, as obviously he's demonstrated over the years he's not as good at? So the Giants have run 302 plays this season with Daniel Jones as their quarterback. 302. Only 102 of those plays are dropback passes. One in three. That is, an, that is a bu- perfect statistic to demonstrate that Brian Dable studied up on Daniel Jones and is maximizing that output. Can you put that in some context? Like, if that's one in three, what is normal? Like, what, what would be an average? Or what, how much less is that than you might otherwise expect? I was expecting one in two plays. I mean, teams in the NFL throw the ball like crazy. And only one team in the NFL, the Atlanta Falcons, use play action with more frequency than the Giants. So they're running it effectively, using play action. Only one in three plays. Is he dropping back to pass? That's good coaching. You know what? I'm, I'm going to go off on that for a minute. What drives me crazy about coaches probably makes sense. I learned this when Dave Wanstead, whom I like very much, became the coach of the Bears when I covered them. And he came in to coach a team that had not done a lot of winning. They fired Mike Ditka and they hired Dave Wanstead. And the first thing he did was start implementing the things he wanted to do when the Bears started out playing badly. And then what he figured out, and as I was following him and talking to him about it at great length, he made the decision, and this was a good job by him. Things got away from him later in his tenure in Chicago, but it started very well. What he did was he stopped trying to jam square pegs into round holes. 
He dropped his ego. Now, I get it. You're a head coach. You become a head coach in the NFL. It's because your entire life you've been studying, practicing, getting ready, developing a philosophy. And when you get this job, you've thought to yourself all your life, if I ever get to be a head coach, this is the way we're going to play. We're going to do this on offense, and we're going to do this on defense. And then you get that job, and you try and implement that no matter what. And the unsuccessful coaches, the ones who get fired, the ones who never wind up having a great career, are the ones who said, well, I'm going to do it my way. And we'll try and get the players to do it right. And you don't do that. You have to coach the players you have. And that is what Dayball is doing. He's coaching the players he has rather than trying to figure out how to make the players he has do the stuff he's always wanted. This made, for all I know, this is not the offense that Brian Dayball wants to run. What coach wants to run that? All these offensive coaches want to fling it all over the yard. And maybe someday with the Giants, he will. But someone else will be the quarterback then, maybe as soon as next year. But that's coaching. That's good coaching. So I I am uh, extraordinarily impressed. Again, he is the coach of the year to this point by far. Starting Stronger starts at AutoZone, where they've got battery solutions in the form of free battery testing, free battery charging, and replacement batteries that fit your needs. That's what makes them America's number one battery destination. Get in the zone with AutoZone. Two other things I want to touch on quickly here. Let's hear from Jerry Jones, who has somehow managed to get his team 4-1, four straight wins, 4-0, without uh, Dak Prescott. But that's not the math he does that I love. There's some glitz and glamour. My old saying, this isn't one and one, it's two here, this win. This is one and one, the win makes three. That's my favorite quote ever. Jerry Jones is so rich that, to him, one and one is three. And you know what? I get it. If you're going to be a visionary, if you're going to be a brilliant, if you're going to be someone who took an NFL team and, and turned it into the most valuable uh, sports franchise in the entire world, It is because you have a particular genius, and his genius seems to be for optimism. And one of the ways that you demonstrate that kind of optimism and all of that, all the things that he has turned the Cowboys into through the force of his personality is because he just tells you things that you know aren't true, but he does them in such a way that you can't help but say, you know, it seems to me he kind of believes that. Maybe we should believe it too. Let's face it, I know one and one does not equal three. But when he says it, I sort of have to stop and think about it. I'm being told by uh, Nuno that we have breaking news. I haven't seen it. Do you want to tell me what it is, or do you want me sure. to find it's it somewhere? Um, Adam Schefter, Panthers have fired head coach Matt Rule. Okay, that, that is not a surprise to me. I actually wondered whether Matt Rule would get fired this week or not. In Carolina... Uh, if you watch that game yesterday, maybe the worst thing about it, the team's awful, they're lifeless, they're totally uninteresting, and in their own stadium, they, it sounded like a 49er home game. And, and I, look, the 49ers travel well, but the Steelers travel well, the Packers travel well, the Cowboys travel well. That was a 49er home game. They had no fans there. They had no life. I'm not surprised. I'm never happy to hear a person got fired, but I'm not at all surprised to hear that. The breaking news, Matt Rule fired his coach in Carolina. Does it say who takes over? Did, 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 did Shefty say who becomes the head coach now? I, I, don't, I don't have that in front of me. I'll get it for you. One way or another, breaking news, again, I don't think it comes – as a colossal surprise, but it certainly is interesting. Definitely not, but they honestly may have done him a favor because he's going to be probably the most sought-after coach for all these open college jobs, and being this available this early, he'll probably get his pick of the list. So what are the big jobs that are available? You got, uh, well, you got. He's going to be competing with you for the Wisconsin job, so right. you have a better staff. He has more experience. Okay. You have the Arizona State job. You have the Nebraska job. Those are going to be the three high-profile ones right now that are available, and then we'll see what else becomes available. Probably Auburn. That's the 
job that everyone assumes will become available as well. There's the tweet from Shefty. Uh, Panthers fired Matt Rule, 11 and 27 in his three years. He leaves Carolina with four years left on a seven-year contract that he got initially. So he so he did him two favors. One, he can go get the highest-profile college job he wants, and two, he walks away with a whole lot of money. All right, we continue in just a moment. Nuno's notes are on the way, and then plenty of time for your calls and your hot takes as we continue on ESPN Radio. Greeny, the podcast. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Greeny today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Greeny, G-R-E-E-N-Y. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. All right, Greeny with you here on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. Busy we are here as I just finished up a quick lentil soup. Uh, Really busy day. We just had the breaking news, if you're just joining us and just hearing. The Carolina Panthers have uh, fired Matt Rule. It's not a big surprise. Their season has been a disaster. And, um, you know, this was a team that I think some people had some high hopes for. And if you watch them, they're just awful. And I don't know exactly what it's going to mean for anybody involved, including for uh, for Baker Mayfield. So they have some high-profile people there, but that's a mess. And as we pointed out, it might actually do Matt Rule a favor. He still has a ton of money left on his contract, so he'll get that. And he'll have his pick of all of these high-profile college jobs that are available. I think Matt Rule remains a very viable candidate for pretty much any high-profile college coaching job that comes up. So maybe he goes to Nebraska, and maybe he goes to Arizona State, maybe he goes to Wisconsin, maybe he goes to Auburn when that becomes available. And there are always others. So we'll see. Matt Rule will probably be just fine. Having said that, you told me, Hembo, that you have a trivia question for me. I do. So this is Baker Mayfield's fifth season in the NFL. And I would like you to name... Every head coach mm. that Baker Mayfield has played for. 
this being his fifth NFL season. All right, so I'm going to say that. In, so, so all right, I'll just go through them. So he had Hugh Jackson, mm-hmm. right? Was one. Can you tell me the number, just so I have a number, an idea in my head? Um, Steve Wilkes, who is replacing Matt Rule, will be the sixth head coach he has played for. That's incredible. All right, so <laughs> I mean, the obvious ones are Steve Wilkes now, Matt Rule is an obvious one because he's just playing for him now. Mm-hmm. Uh, the guy who, who followed Hugh Jackson, they gave the job to the defensive coordinator his name, just uh, Greg Williams. That's right. Right. And so how many have I named? That's four. You got two more. There's two more. Well, Kevin Stefanski is mm-hmm. obviously one, right? And, and, and who coached him in 2019? And, yeah, the guy who everyone hated. Um, he was the receiver's coach, and they elevated him to head coach, and it was a disaster. Don't tell me his name. I think he was the tight ends coach. Tight ends coach, and it was just a, an abject disaster in everybody's assessment. And when he's on some other staff now, I see him. His name is not coming to my head. What is it? It's Freddie Kitchens. That's it, Freddie Kitchens. That's exactly right. Can you so believe those, that? No. Six head coaches in five so, years. look, that's how you don't have a chance. Look. Do I want to sit here and defend Baker Mayfield? Do I think that his lot in life was to be the greatest quarterback that ever lived? The fact that he was drafted number one in a year in which Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson both got drafted in the first round is going to wind up looking, you know, the kind of bad that we talked about a lot with the juxtaposition of Tua and Justin Herbert. Oh, by the way, put Sam Darnold in that same box, unfortunately for him. And, and they went one and three in that draft. Just goes to show you how little teams in the NFL actually know, or it goes to show you how much these quarterbacks are a product of their environment. So what is the biggest difference between Baker Mayfield and Sam Darnold and Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson? Where Baker Mayfield and Sam Darnold, are they too dumb to play football? Do they not throw the ball well enough to play football? Are they not motivated enough to be great football players? Or was it the circumstances into which they came? Because you could put together that same list for Sam Darnold. How many coaches has he played for? And the number is going to be disturbingly high. And how many coaches Josh Allen has played for in Buffalo? One. We just sat here talking about how Brian Dayball is the standalone coach of the year this year by far. He is the guy who was there and until this year was the voice and the ear and everything else of Josh Allen. Lamar Jackson went to co-play for John Harbaugh, one of the most stable organizations and stable coaching circumstances in the entire NFL. So this is not to diminish Lamar Jackson or Josh Allen. The person that you gets the most credit for what they've accomplished, of course, is those two guys themselves. But it is a reminder of how dependent the quarterback position is and that far more young quarterbacks in the NFL are ruined than developed. So Baker Mayfield's lot in life now is going to be to be a backup somewhere. He's not going to get another chance to start unless the team he's playing back up for, the starting quarterback gets hurt, and he goes in and gets red hot. He can resurrect his career, and I suppose Darnold could too. But the overwhelming likelihood is that they will not, that they will now just be journeymen who are backups for the rest of their lives. And someday we will say, remember when Baker Mayfield had all those commercials? Remember what a big star he was? Whatever happened to that? Six coaches in five years is what happened to that. And look, I don't know Baker Mayfield at all. I know a lot of people are sort of disinclined to like him because of his brashness and everything. But in that regard, I do feel sorry for him. I don't know how many people could survive, could succeed, could thrive when in their first couple of years in the NFL, their coaches were Hugh Jackson, Greg Williams, and, and, uh, and Freddie Kitchens. And then Stefanski came in, oh, by the way, and he had a really good year. Baker had a good year. He accomplished some stuff in Green and Cleveland, and they won a playoff game. And they almost beat Kansas City in the next one. 
Then he came out, he got hurt week two the next year. He was never the same again. They decided they were going to sell their souls and everything else to get to Sean Watson. And here he is. Now he's got another coach fired. Again, I'm not exonerating Baker Mayfield from responsibility for all the things that have happened. But what I am saying is that if Josh Allen had been drafted by the Browns or the Jets right now, he wouldn't be Josh Allen. Hmm. He wouldn't be. And that's why I'm encouraged to see good things happening for Zach Wilson, the young quarterback of the Jets, because they're not putting him in the same position that Sam Darnold was in. They look that they have found some stability. For whatever my question marks are about the offensive coordinator, these are young guys, young coaches who seem to have a finger on the pulse of the team. The team seems motivated and excited. And most importantly, they went out and they put a ton of talent around them. And it's not the Jets' fault, actually, that their offensive line is bad because they're all hurt. Like, they just got a slew of injuries. So they're doing the things. They're taking the steps necessary to, I think, to develop the young quarterback. And now the rest of it is going to be up to him. And the jury is obviously still out on how it's going to turn out. But at least they seem to have gotten the important parts of it right. Like the prerequisite for all of this, like to use a golf analogy, there's like your whole pre-shot routine. Like long before you hit the ball, you have to have gotten a lot of things right. You can, if you get the things wrong before you hit the ball, it doesn't matter how good your swing is. If you are facing in the wrong direction, just to use the ultimate example of something that would never happen, but if, you're just a, if you've never played golf before, then just envision. If you're standing and you're facing in the opposite direction, if the green is to your right and you are facing to your left and you hit it that way, it doesn't matter how pretty your swing is. So yeah, the first thing you have to do is know which direction you're trying to hit it. And that is all the other pieces that they're putting in place that they either do or don't put in place around the young quarterbacks. And so that, unfortunately, I think, is what happened to Baker Mayfield. One more thing here, and this more about Rule, who obviously failed spectacularly in Carolina. We saw Urban Meyer fail even more spectacularly in Jacksonville. At what point are we just going to stop bothering hiring college coaches to do this job? They won't, these guys, because these guys can't help themselves. The people who make these decisions, I liked, I, I always somewhat jokingly refer to them as the geniuses who make these decisions in pro football, do things that you can't. They didn't just hire Matt Rule. They gave him a seven-year contract. They still owe him four years' worth of work, worth of pay, that they will have to pay him. He could just go you know, live on a Caribbean island someplace if he wants to and doesn't even have to go coach in college. Now, he probably will because that's what these guys live to do. But, yes, you are right. Generally speaking, and more than generally speaking, almost exclusively, the college coaches they hire to coach in the NFL have been a disaster. They paid him $60 million. $60 million <laughs> to go 11 and 27. That's a quarterback. Yeah, $60 million to go 11. So these are the geniuses who are making So then you wonder to yourself, well, why, why do they stink all the time? Well, that's why. Because th- those are the decisions that you make. And then you have so little belief in him when things go wrong that you fire him now. He's still got half his contract left. But you've already decided it was a terrible decision. So you're going to get ahead of it. And what, you're going to bring in Sean Payton? You're going to go, you go get someone like that? How many difference makers are there out there? So that's the problem. Greeny, the podcast. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. 
Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza, better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Greeny, we roll along here on ESPN Radio. Uh, Before we get to all the phone calls, let us get to Hembo. Hembo, you had yourself a weekend to remember. As a lifelong lover of Major League Baseball, you got assigned to um, work on the coverage of one of the series. You were in Cleveland for the two games uh, in which the Indians, not the Indians, the Guardians uh, advanced, survived and advanced mm-hmm. and, and uh, beat out the Rays and move on now to face the Yankees starting tomorrow. What were your impressions of the weekend? Well, my first impression was that Boog Shambi, who was doing play-by-play, made the same mistake you did so many times that he wrote the word Guardians in huge letters and put it right in front of his microphone. So it's a very common mistake that obviously all the broadcasters are making. I had so much fun. I mean, there were three people in the broadcast booth. It's Boog, Doug Glanville was doing the color, and I was doing the role they call talent stats. And all game long, and in game two, it was for 15 innings. I'm just rifling the stuff over to them, and they're just saying it on the air. Like, I mean, I've done this for years with you on your shows where I just look stuff up and, <laughs> and you say it. But for it to be happening in a playoff baseball game in that environment, and look, Cleveland was, they were going bananas. Like, that is a great sports town, a great baseball town in October. They love their team. It was really fun. And honestly, I think they have a puncher's chance to beat the Yankees. Like, they have an excellent pitching staff there. Tell me about that. Well, what you have in Cleveland is a team front to back that has dominant pitching. So Shane Bieber's their ace. Tristan McKenzie's there too. Both of them shoved against Tampa, who has a compromised lineup, but they're still excellent. And they have five or six guys in the bullpen that can absolutely dominate a lineup. And that is the issue I see in facing the Yankees. The Yankees' bullpen is in shambles, even more so now that Aroldis Chapman did not make the roster because he didn't come to practice over the weekend. So the Yankees are actually in trouble there. They're really going to need to get a lot of length from their starting pitchers in order to beat Cleveland in the series that has the momentum. I'm not so sure they're going to get that. Who else do you like? Take us through the other matchups as we have them uh, currently as we go into these DSs that begin tomorrow. Who do you like? I do think the Yankees will wind up winning that series, although I think they'll really have to eke it out. On the other side of the bracket, uh, Seattle is going to play Houston, the winner of the American League West. Houston is a juggernaut. They're awesome. They won more than 100 games this season. I think we're going to see the Yankees and the Astros play in the ALCS again, which is going to be for all the marbles. In the National League, I've been saying this a long time, the Dodgers and the Braves are both all-time great teams. Both teams um, played at like a 110-win pace, 115-win pace from June on. So look, I would love to see the Phillies beat the Braves, obviously. I don't think they're likely to do it. And I think the Dodgers are likely to storm through 
uh, San Diego. And for the third straight year, we get Dodgers and Braves in the NLCS. My pick, I'm going to stick with my picks from the beginning. I'm going to say the Braves are going to beat the Astros in the World Series. I think the buys will actually help those teams an awful lot. All right. So we will see. There is Hembo, and we will have plenty more as we do our uh, green lights and everything else working our way through this baseball postseason. We pause and take your calls in 15 seconds. All right, let's do it here. 888-SAY-ESPN is my phone number. That's 888-729-3776. We are looking for your hot takes, and let's see if we can serve them up as hot as possible on these uh, Monday edition here of Greeny on ESPN Radio. Bubba, what do you have? Yeah, we'll start with Mike. All right, Mike, you are on the Dr. Pepper call in line. Mike, give me a hot take. Greeny, what can you say except the G-Men are back. Coach of the year, Brian Dable, as many wins as last year. Danny Dimes. Sign them. Saquon Barkley, gold jacket. Go Giants. <laughs> I like all those. Look, Saquon Barkley, as they have fascinating decisions to make ahead of them. It is wonderful that they are playing as well as they are. You should be, if you are a Giant fan, no matter where you are, you should be delighted with what you are seeing right now from your team, from your coach, uh, from some of the young players that they have in particular. But the big question marks remain. Is Daniel Jones going to be your future, and do you want to pay Saquon? Does it make sense? Right now, Saquon is your whole offense, but I don't think you want that to be the case forever. You don't want, whenever it is that Brian Dayball has the team that might win a championship, and with all due respect, I don't think it's this year, then I don't think you want to pay Saquon Barkley what someone might be willing to pay him. Now, I'm not sure exactly what that is. What is the going rate? for a superstar young running back. And I, are you like me? Every time he touches the ball, I hold my breath. <laughs> Don't get hurt, kid. You, you're going to get to the finish line here. Get his money. I want so badly for him to get his money. And when I hurt the shoulder yesterday, that was a bad moment. But I wasn't, I'm not worried about his shoulder. We all know what parts of his anatomy we're worried about. And let's just hope he stays healthy to the end. But then when it gets to that, Nuno, are you pet? I know Nuno is busy screening calls, but if you have a second... You want to pay Saquon whatever it takes to keep him long-term? No, you can't. You can't do it, right? And, and, and that's painful to say. I hate saying it. I hate it. Because it's not fair to him. He's done everything right and is doing everything right. But when you are strategically planning a professional football team, you just can't budget that much for your running back. I mean, isn't Saquon Barkley, like, case in point for why the franchise tag is collectively bargained? Like, I've never seen a player who is more obviously suited to be franchise tag than Saquon Barkley. How, how much is that? Well, it's going to you prob- know what it is for the running back. It's going to be probably between like eleven and fourteen million per year. Right now, the top end of the running back market is between fourteen and sixteen per year. It's the average of the top ten, so it'll be right in there, maybe twelve or thirteen. Yeah, I guess. I mean, they did that to Derrick Henry, right? And then they gave him a contract. They yep. gave him like two mm-hmm. years. Like if he wants to take two years from the Giants, I would do that in the blink of an eye. Right. If someone's going to give him a long time, I don't know if anyone's going to give that to a running back. It's terrible. The lot in life of the running back is terrible. They are there to get beat up and used up. And, but that's the reality of the situation, no matter how good you are. And right now, he's that good. All right, Greeny on ESPN Radio. Bubba, who's next? Let's go to Steve. Steve, you're on the Dr. Pepper call in line. Give us a hot take, Steve. Go. Greeny, how you doing? Uh, real quick, it's a great, great time to be a Philadelphia sports fan. But my question is, with the Cowboys doing pretty good, suppose the Cowboys, you know, win the Super Bowl or go real far in the playoffs. Are they going to? Uh, is the owner still going to want to get uh, Sean Payton? Are they going to keep? Are they going to keep McCarthy if the Cowboys 
do good in the playoffs this year. One of the things I think he's doing right now, and thank you very much for the call, Steve, I think Mike McCarthy is coaching his way into that job. Hmm. Look, what can you argue with? I know we like to give no credit to Mike McCarthy. So all the credit for their offense is going to Kellen Moore. All the credit for their defense is going to Dan Quinn. And all of the blame would have gone to Mike McCarthy if this thing had fallen apart completely. So that's a relatively unfair circumstance. So you tell me, well, he doesn't coordinate the offense. He doesn't coordinate the defense. He's not running one of those two. Well, that could be said of a lot of teams in the NFL. There are plenty of head coaches that don't call the plays on either side of the ball. No one ever says, well, that guy's just watching. I mean, people act like Mike McCarthy's a fan. They act like he's just there to take in what's happening and allow Dan Quinn and, and, and uh, you know, uh, uh, Kellen Moore to, I don't know, to have a bathroom break if they need one for a minute somewhere during the game. And other than that, he's just, no, he's coaching the football team. And he has done a good job. So, yeah, do I think he's going to get fired now? No, because I think they're going to have a really good year. Now, if they flame out in a playoff game and have the kind of loss they had last year and it looks as bad for the coaching as that one did, then I guess all bets are off. But right now, how is he not coaching his way into keeping that job? Well, as an aside, how bad, <laughs> how bad does it look that, that Denver decided to hire Nathaniel Hackett over Dan Quinn? Remember, Dan Quinn was the favorite to land that job in Denver. That's my only question is whether or not they'll let Dan Quinn walk out of that building. Because Nathaniel Hackett was supposed to bring Aaron Rodgers. That's the problem. Hackett was supposed to bring Rodgers, and that was going to work out really well. If they had Rodgers right now, they'd be in a lot better position than they are, who Russell Wilson suddenly, very conveniently, has a lat injury that he wants everyone to know about, (laughs) and that's the reason he's not playing well, and that's the reason he's toughing it out right now for his team as we watch him play the next couple of weeks. Broncos country, let's ride. You can be a part of Greeny Nation on the Dr. Pepper call-in line. Again, my number is 888-729-3776. ESPN Nation is presented by Dr. Pepper. It ain't college football season without the delicious taste of an ice-cold Dr. Pepper, the one that fans deserve. Bubba, who's next? We're going to go to Keith. All right, Keith, give me a hot take. Keith, go. Hey, Greeny. My hot take is that whenever the Bears actually let Justin Fields pass the ball, that they're closer to being a good team than a terrible team. I agree. I mean, he looked pretty good in that second half yesterday. So I had uh, a bunch of family over this weekend, and they're my Chicago family. My, my wife's uh, family is all in Chicago. So I had a house full of Bears fans yesterday. So we've got three devices going. We got the Bears, we got the Jets, and we got the Red Zone. Those are the three things we're watching all at the same time. And, you know, I didn't watch every snap of the Bears game the way they did, but I certainly saw most of it. And they were losing their minds. And the way they lose is excruciating. I mean, to have the ball just ripped out of your hands. I literally, I mean, quite literally, to have the game ripped from your hands uh, at the very end there is excruciating. It's a terrible way to lose. But Justin Fields, in the second half, I, I thought he looked good. I think Justin Fields is coming along. Look, the bottom line of it is this. This was a player, we talked earlier in this hour, about the significance of development. You need to develop Justin Fields. Everyone knew coming in he was going to take a little time. Some guys are ready to go right off the bat. Some guys aren't for whatever reason. He has all the talent in the world. He has all the makeup in the world, all the moxie, all the want to, all the everything. There's nothing he doesn't have except for the coaching and at this point the, the, the weapons around him. But those things can come. And if they're coaching him up right, You just continue to see advance. You just continue to see development. And I think 
slowly, incrementally, and without anyone paying any attention. That's what you're getting. Look, the Vikings looked like they were going to blow them out of that building yesterday, and the Bears fought back. They did what the Steelers didn't do. They fought back, and they had kind of a crazy play end their chance. Think of the conversation we're having this morning. If Justin Fields leads them down there for a game-tying touchdown, they go for the two and they get it, and and they win the game. Think of the conversation we're having today if Justin Fields does that. And it isn't remotely his fault that he didn't get the chance to. So maybe there's some cause for optimism there. Yeah, and I think Matt Eberflus, the head coach of the Bears, who came in with very little fanfare, has done a really good job. And yesterday, for my money at least, was Justin Fields' best game with the Bears. 71% completion, only uh, took two sacks. We know he has the arm strength. Accuracy was a question, was great there yesterday. Decision-making a question, he was great there yesterday as well. Toby can build upon that. Yes, I mean, this is not, the Bears are a bad football team. You're not winning anything of consequence this year, but you can develop that kid to where you go into the draft this year with high picks and everything else, all the stuff we're talking about here, you can trade that for a, a king's ransom. You build around fields, and in the blink of an eye, you can be good. Mm-hmm. You can go for the Chicago Bears if they get this thing right, if everything kind of falls their way. And it's a long way from saying this is happening, but it is possible. The Chicago Bears could turn themselves into a good team next year. They could do it that fast. Team has to bottom out. They did it. They're cratering. This team, I could see them if the pieces fall the right way, I could see them being a difference-making team as soon as next year. They've been competitive practically in every game that they've played. That's what you want to see. We saw the Pittsburgh Steelers lay down yesterday, like you said. The Bears haven't done that once this year, and they've been able to win two games somehow, despite having pretty much bad statistics across the board. The coaching is elevating the players on that roster. You get decent players on that roster, all of a sudden you're a playoff team. We'll see how it goes. Let me get one more in here. Bubba, give me one more call. We'll go with Jim. All right, Jim, you're on ESPN Radio. Give me a hot take. Jim. Hey, Greeny, I think the NFL should immediately pass a, a, a rule saying it's okay to tackle Tom Brady. <laughs> That's a perfect way to finish up the calls, Jim. Well played, well done. Look, the Brady thing yesterday is embarrassing. And superstars get calls in other sports. Well, you tell me, Hembo, in baseball, does uh, Mike Trout get a call, for example, do they call a ball on a real close pitch if Mike Trout is batting that they might call a strike otherwise? Or maybe more to the, maybe more relevantly, if Shohei Otani, or uh, take him out of the equation, any star pitcher, Jacob deGrom is pitching, is the ump inclined to give him the benefit of the doubt on a pitch that's close? Absolutely, especially if you're a veteran. If you're a veteran, if you're a stud with a body of work, Especially with hitters. It happens especially with hitters. There's a legendary story when Rogers Hornsby once took a pitch off the plate. The pitcher was upset. He said, the ump said, listen, Mr. Hornsby takes the pitch. It's not a strike. Yeah. That's 100 years old. I can't believe I just went there. But yes, it's a thing in baseball, and it even happens today. Can we, can we take a moment, Nuno and Bubba, to assess what just happened here? Uh, I, I'm trying to make a point about the Tom Brady play. I was going to then get to how we all know superstars get calls in the NBA. That's a legendary phenomenon. I very quickly gave Hembo the opportunity to describe if this happens in baseball, and I used Mike Trout and Shohei Otani as potential illustrations. And Hembo went to Roger Horn, Rogers Hornsby, uh, who I think has been dead for almost 100 years. <laughs> um, 
my condolences. What in what year did Rogers Hornsby die? Now, uh, now don't tell me when he played. Tell me what year he died. He died as a sixty-six-year-old in nineteen sixty-three. Okay, so he lived a lot longer than I realized. He lived almost into my lifetime. <laughs> he was almost alive when almost I was made born. It. Almost, almost made, made it. it. So, what can be said of a man who that seems to him he legi- he knows we're on the air, right? He does. He knows he's not just speaking aloud. I mean, sometimes I'm not sure. His immediate inclination is to make a reference to something that is literally a hundred years old. What do you think of that, Nuno? I think he's a disturbed individual. <laughs> he's, I, I think he's the oldest young man in the world. I think uh, Lizzie needs to reevaluate if she wants him around Michelle and the other one. Uh, that's exactly. <laughs> we haven't mentioned the twins in a while, Michelle and the other one. Uh, Bubba, what, what do you think? I mean, that is a reference. What year did Roger Hornsby seriously? What year did he stop playing? 1937. 1937. Son, <laughs> when you pitch a strike. Mr. Hornsby will let you know. He stopped playing in 1937. Bubba, the the number of people in America who are live today who saw Rogers Hornsby play is like four. (laughs) There's like four of them. And and this is a reference that just rolled right off the tip of Hembo's tongue. He didn't look that up. That's a story he just had at the ready in case it ever became (laughs) necessary. That's true. That's true. I mean, I would, anytime you go to a stat of a player whose name doesn't exist anymore, <laughs> Rogers, I think yeah, that's, that's a correct. problem. His name is a plural. I mean, he pl- his they don't name was do that. Any, they don't do that anymore. That's so. correct. I wonder how many of these useless old people stats or old time stats he had ready to go on Saturday, Friday and Saturday, and thankfully Boog didn't go to them. Well, let me tell you. Well, something. they had plenty of time. For Hold it, on a so. minute. What question did you ask me to? You know, we do the trivia question. I just have 30 seconds for this. The trivia question that you like to do on Get Up every single day. Tell everyone what you wanted to ask today. I wanted to ask who was the last Giants player to lead the NFL in rushing. Are you ready for this? Nuno, who do you think was the... This is the question he says to me. Can I ask this question today? Who do you think was the last Giant to lead the NFL in rushing? What is it, Y.A. Tittle? No, no, no. But (laughs) you're really close. You are red hot. You're so hot. Who was it? Frank Gifford. No, no, it's not even Frank Gifford. Who is it? It was Eddie Price in 1951. (laughs) Eddie Price. I can tell you something. I consider myself a person who knows as much about football history as almost anyone. I've never heard the name Eddie Price spoken aloud. Never. (laughs) Never. This is the question he wanted to ask on a television show this morning. I'm the only one standing between us and that. (laughs) <laughs> That's how dangerous the man is. All right, Monday Night Football Preview brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Save on commercial auto insurance from Progressive. Get a fast quote at ProgressiveCommercial.com. Raiders Chiefs tonight in Kansas City. What are the numbers? The Chiefs are a seven-point home favorite, and three-fourths of the public is on Kansas City. I love the Raiders. I love the Raiders in this game, which means the pick is Kansas City. <laughs> I'm as sure. No, no, but wait. The public is the other way? Public loves Kansas City. Got to fade the public. I'm going with the Raiders. a boy. But the problem is that's my gut, too. I'm torn. I wouldn't touch this game because the public is always wrong and I'm always but wrong. So something's got to give. What? So you had to touch the game. Yeah. Give if I had pick. to touch the game, the official pick is the Raiders. See you tomorrow on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio and see it with the video on ESPN+. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN and also available wherever you get your podcast. 
Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. 